Hello and welcome to the Top Tutor Podcast, where we share insider information from the world of elite tutoring to help your students get the best results both academically and in life. I'm your host, Nathaniel Dahlquist, the owner and head tutor at Grove Prep. I've been a tutor since I graduated from Yale in 2015 and focus primarily on standardized test prep and college admissions. Joining me is my co-host, Alexander Friedman. Alex worked as a software engineer and a researcher before founding Brooklyn Math Tutors in 2008. Since then, he has used his experience in math and computer science to hire some of the best STEM tutors in New York City. Hi, Alex. Hello. What are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about a kind of a divisive topic, and that is... Does remote tutoring actually work? Uh, and by remote tutoring, we of course mean Zoom or Skype or whatever kind of virtual system you want to use. I have some strong opinions on this that may not be very mainstream. But let's first talk about what are the, like, the obvious pros? Like when does remote tutoring work? Uh, I will I'll list a couple of these just right off the bat that I think that I think are pretty, pretty clear, which is it makes scheduling a lot easier for families and for tutors. It also allows people to connect from all over the world. I mean, you don't have to be living in the same town. You can be a country away, a state away, a world away, and you you can see whomever you like with the Zoom tutoring. And yeah, those those are the two big ones for me. I think that that, that has really become clear with with remote tutoring. What do you think? Yeah, so there's always, uh, there's obvious like benefits that you mentioned, availability of, of uh, tutors to work with, scheduling, uh, price, you know, tutors are able to charge a little bit less when they don't have to like schlep to your house and like run around, you know, their local area. Um, in terms of availability, like not only can you schedule at better times and more convenient times, like you can work with tutors that you that don't live anywhere near you. You can find specialists, for example, you can find like an SAT or a college admission specialist, like Nathaniel. If he's not like if you're anywhere but like LA or NY, he's probably not there. There isn't a person like that around you, most likely. Um, but the the question is like, okay. That, those are the pros. So like it's more convenient, but does it work as effective? Like is the actual session as good? And I think that's where like the nuance comes in. Um, so my company focuses on math tutoring and I've done some remote math tutoring. And what I find is that the younger the student, the less well Zoom tutoring works. Uh, and that is because uh, a large part of tutoring is personal interaction. And when your students are young, it's also about motivation. Like if you're working with a third grader or a fourth grader, like you have to keep them, you know, you have to keep their attention on you. And it's quite hard to do it to a screen, through a screen because you're now competing because now you are a person on a screen with like crazy, like overstimulating YouTube videos that they're used to seeing. And unless you are also like incredibly effusive and animated, um, I, I think it's very hard to get kids to pay attention. Now, if they're like in college or high school and they really want your help and you just happen to be a resource, then, then it's perhaps less of a big deal. But for math, especially younger kids, uh, I think tutors would like to think it's convenient or they would like to think that it works because it's convenient, but I don't think it works that well. Fascinating. Okay, all right, I'm gonna push back just a little bit, but first I'm gonna say I completely agree <laughs> with with your statement about the younger, the younger the kids are, the tougher it is. I love tutoring like my third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders, 
it is exhausting to do that on a screen. I honestly, I don't know how classroom teachers did it over over the pandemic. Bless them all. Like, may they all live long, healthy, wonderful lives. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what what wonderful people to be able to handle that and and to do their jobs in that circumstance. It's really tough. Everything that you said about that is has also reflect. I've I've had that reflected in my experience as well. Um, I so. So um, background on my experience with these two things, I tutored exclusively in person from 2015 to 2019, basically. I, I had never done like an online session with somebody, maybe like once or twice, I guess, but nothing, nothing huge before the pandemic. And then the pandemic forced me to flip everything to remote. And I have not done an in-person session since then. Well, maybe, maybe I did one when I like visited a kid in New York just uh, for fun to like get to meet the family that I'd never met in person. Um, but so I've, I've experienced both sides of the one-on-one -on -one tutoring coin with this. So my thoughts on it are a little different. I believe that Zoom tutoring is just as effective, if not effective, plus e like just easier for things like essay editing because the essays are already on Google Docs. <laughs> you know, they're like, they're already on the computer. You can share them. They're easy to see. You're both looking at screens instead of like me looking over the kid's shoulder or, you know, like, like take your hands off the keyboard so I can show you like how to like, you know, edit the sentence or whatever. So I have found that to be a huge boon. Uh, this is also, I, I have also found it's pretty, for certain kinds of math, it's fine. Because I have like a little whiteboard and a pen and it's really easy for me to do a problem on a whiteboard uh, and then the student can either take a picture or write it down or whatever. However, when you get to when you get to advanced math, when problems are literally an entire page of notebook paper long, and that is not in the least bit an exaggeration. Some of those like trig pre-calc calculus stuff, it's really easy for math of that level and above to take a page or two or several. Uh, if it want, if you want it to be legible and get a good grade, uh, it needs to be really legible, and that's really difficult to do on a screen. So I will say that that's that's been a struggle. However, I also think that my that SAT and ACT tutoring is really effective online because it it. It's just, it's, you know, English sections, reading sections, math sections, and the math is not that level. It's just not, it's not that tough. Uh, so I think that that's, that honestly, I, I don't see a difference at all uh, in, in the effectiveness of the teaching between those two things. But as, as Alex stated, like I am, well, I'm, I'm a very effusive, if you couldn't tell, you can tell, uh, a very effusive, uh, person when I'm teaching my students. And so I really enjoy connecting with them. I don't know if that's true of all tutors, if it's easier or harder for them to connect over screens, but I haven't really noticed. I mean, I miss them in person and there's definitely unquestionably an aspect of being in person with somebody that you can connect more, but I haven't found it to be too tough actually. And it helps me reach more students when I can, you know, park it in front of my computer and see a lot of folks from all over the world rather than having to, you know, spend half an hour to an hour commuting from house to house. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of that makes sense. Um, I think one of the things that bothers me personally, because I hate I hate uh, motivated reasoning from tutors. That's the kind of thing where you want something to be true. So you try to convince yourself that it is. Say, oh, online tutoring is always better. And I think a lot of people say it because it's it's definitely more convenient for the tutor. And so they're like, yeah, here's a million reasons why it's better. And, and some of those reasons do hold. And, and I will agree that 
when you're working on essays, I don't do essays, but also when you're working on like something where you want to share a screen, it, it works very well. I did computer science tutoring with someone who I met in person only a couple of times. And then we did some a, a computer science assignment. And it was great because we shared, you know, a, a terminal virtually and were able to type. And that was very effective. Um, I've done things where I've worked with people on editing. I'm, I'm not doing college essays, but, you know, editing things for, for business. And that works very well. But yeah, for certain kinds of math, uh, like I just don't understand how how to do it. If you do have a page of math, I need to very carefully go through it and be like, okay, here's one mistake. Or like, can you help me find the mistake? Because I feel like for those cases, it really helps to be incredibly interactive. Um, so like I, when I'm doing math tutoring, I want to see my students writing and they're thinking, and it's kind of hard to do. Like if they're, okay, I'm going to write this all out and then I'm going to show it to you like, well, what was your process, right? If it's an SAT problem, it's not so big so we can talk about it. But if it's like a, a pre-calc problem, pre-calc is like, I think the most challenging math class, including like the higher level ones. Like I found calculus much easier, like even multivariate calculus was easier than pre-calc. Pre-calc just gets so hairy. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I think it'd be very tough to um, to do that as well as you can in person. But but yes, like the, there are a multitude of benefits. And the question is, I guess uh, personally, do they outweigh that the negatives or not? And perhaps um, perhaps for many people, in most circumstances, they do. Yeah. Okay. So I have I have a question for you. We've talked about these pros and cons a little bit. And so my question for you is, how can a parent decide? what's best for them and their student. And what do you think are some things a parent should take into consideration when trying to figure out, should I hire a Zoom tutor for this or a remote tutor? Or should I have somebody come to my house? I think it depends on what the child needs help with and also the availability of local tutors. So if you live in the city and also on your budget, let's say you live in the city and you have uh, an unlimited budget. Well, in that case, I would say if you can, and if you find an amazing person who also happens to go to your house, why not? Unless your child has like very a very tough schedule and you just can't find someone. So so if it was me, I would prefer to have a real person for most most situations. But um, that's not always the case. It's not always that you can find the right person at the right time. Uh, when when we were doing primarily in person tutoring, you know people would would call us and say, okay, my kid's available at this time slot and that time slot. I'm like, well, I don't have anyone at exactly like three fifteen to four fifteen on alternate Tuesdays, like during a full moon, you know, tutors are very busy <laughs> because they have complicated schedules. And when people are open to Zoom tutoring, it's like, well, I really want to work with this person. It's like, okay, but you can meet them at 7.30 at night on Zoom. Like they're not going to go to your house 7.30 at night. You don't, you don't want to have them there. You're probably sort of getting, getting ready to go to sleep. So I think it, it's really like availability. Like if all else being equal, I would say try to get an in-person tutor, but all else is I, never equal. So... Uh, ultimately it has to be a good fit and it has to work. Um, if you're dealing with, if you have a younger child and it's not a particularly specialized thing you're doing, it's like, Hey, I need someone who can work with a fourth grader and you know, some local teachers, like that's going to be better than someone remote. I, I personally feel, uh, but if you're like, Oh, I need college essay prep and you don't have, you have someone that, well, I've done some of it. Like, no, no, hire a specialist, like find the right person, get someone who's really good at it. So, so it really depends on the situation that that's, Maybe not the best answer, but it's it's not going to be a, a, an obvious one. No, I think that's important because, uh, yeah, and I think there is a big difference between 
you know, standard, essentially standard subjects, you know, regular eighth grade math, you know, regular sophomore English or history or whatever, and really specialized things like SAT, ACT prep and college admission stuff, where actually, if you if you find someone who's a real specialist, you very well may save yourself money because they're going to do their job really effectively because they know exactly how to do it. And they're like trained to do that exact thing. Uh uh, yeah. Wow. That's that's really interesting. You know, I think it's worth taking into account, too, that some people don't want to have folks come to their house. That's true. That's true. And that's perfectly fine, too. You know, some tutors will like park at a library or something. Or I used to tutor at the Barnes and Noble, uh, uh, one of the Barnes and Nobles in New York City. And that was a pretty wild experience because there were all kinds of people in and out. But it was sort of the only way that I could make it work for a couple of students and we made it work. The parents agreed it was best. I, I wanted to do it. The student was okay with doing it. And I spoke to one of those students recently and she was like, yeah, that was like a fever dream. <laughs> like Barnes and Noble, like doing the SAT in a Barnes and Noble in New York city. Like that was uh, that was really something she, she did fine, but you know, that was sort of one specific set of circumstances. And so, you know, if you want your student, if you feel comfortable having them meet somebody at a library, that's an option or or a cafe or some other place. If it, if Zoom is better, that's great. Or some online platform. If you really want somebody to come to your house, it really is whatever works for you, I think. And whatever you feel the most comfortable with and feel like you'll get the most value for. I will say there have been a couple of instances and like... It made me sad to do this, but honestly, you you just have to be honest, I think, with with families. And there were some really, really lovely students that I really enjoyed. They were quite young. Several of them had had learning challenges. And I said to the parents, I'm so sorry. I just I just don't believe I'm doing a good enough job to warrant this. Like, I think I think you should find someone who can come in person. I really believe that that your kid could really benefit from a tutor who's there in person to show him. I just I don't think they, I, I literally said I was like, I don't think you're getting your money's worth. I, and I have to tell you that I don't think I'm providing the service an adequate service for you. And they were like, oh, shoot. And I I referred them to some people. I don't know if they took if they found those folks or not or if they found somebody else, but it, it doesn't matter. It's just it was important to me to be honest with the parent where I was like, hey, I think a different arrangement would be better for the education of your son <laughs> of, or your daughter, whatever. Yeah. So um, I think there's like two, two more things I want to mention. One is that what I've noticed in the last two years is that some of the like the best, most specialized, most in-demand tutors have basically stopped taking in-person students because it's simply not economically viable for them. Uh, they realize like okay maybe they charge a slightly lower rate for for uh, Zoom tutoring, but it's much easier on them in terms of their emotional energy. It, it's very different to like sit in a comfortable place, at your house, and work with someone for an hour and maybe take a five minute break than it is to like hike up town, like fight off weirdos in a train, like <laughs> go work with someone for an hour, then like take across that. Like, like it gets really tiring. When I was doing a lot of tutoring, I realized that I, I, I very much had to cap out a certain number of hours because I was just drained. You know, I wasn't working a 40 hour week. I was working like working 12 hours. I was tutoring maybe 12, 13 hours, but there was a lot of commute time involved. And so people who are very good, uh, as Nathaniel mentioned, one of their key traits is they're very they're very present. They can make a connection with you online. Uh, whereas a lot of people, I think, aren't able to do that as well. So I'll get to it in a second. So, so those folks who are very good, they will have enough clients now instead of just from, let's say, New York City or LA, they'll have clients from everywhere. They're like, wow, I've, I heard of this amazing tutor that specializes in like, 
you know, learning issues for whatever. And so you may not be able to get those tutors in person without paying like astronomical high rates. Like maybe if you have like a living tutor, which which is a, uh, a other thing we could discuss at another point. Um, the second part I want to add to, to what I mentioned before about whether you should have an in-person or Zoom tutor is if, if you're going to work with someone in Zoom, I think you have to be a little bit more stringent about selecting them, both in terms of their, their personality and also technically, like, does the person have a decent camera? Like, is it painful to like for your child to sit and look at like their image? Um, are they boring? Because like a nice, calm person in person is okay. And can be have like a set of very good ambiance and like yeah it's okay it's, it's. but someone who's like very ch like too chill online is like they may not even register <laughs> as being there for the child so I think you have to be in some way more mindful of certain personality not, not even negative personality traits just certain personality traits that are that work I think just fine in in, in person but that may be challenging or less effective in online tutoring. Wow, I, I think that's I think that's really smart, actually. So I, I have another question for you, which is, how how can a parent evaluate if their current system is working? So how how can a parent know? Like like let's say they they meet a tutor who's going to meet their kid on Zoom or online somehow, and they have a session or maybe a couple sessions. How can the parent know if that's working? And also, or if they're coming in person, how can the parent know if that's working? And I would like to also just sort of throw in there like without listening at the door, um, like because oh, that is one way to find out, I suppose. But man, I've 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 had some parents who do that before, and one time I opened the door and there they were, and I was like, oh hello. <laughs> So, uh, whether tutoring working is hard to say, like on one, you know, on one measure, because you know, you might say, "Oh, are the grades improving?" Like, well, maybe they're not improving, but maybe it would have been way worse if you didn't have a tutor. I've had that happen where kids are like just like hanging on, and you're helping them, and you're there once a week. You're like, "Well, if I wasn't here, it it would be way worse." Uh, so, I think one of the first things to look for is like, does your child seem to like the tutor? We mentioned this on other podcasts, but. If, if they feel like they have a relationship with a tutor and they like the person, and maybe, maybe, again, they don't like the person more than they would like to play video games, maybe Minecraft is a better tutor of, <laughs> of logic thinking than, than even Nathaniel. But if they like their tutor and they have good things to say about them and they seem engaged, so there may be some element of listening at the door, but not necessarily like, don't spend the whole session, but be like, is your kid there just being like, yeah, okay fine or like are they like oh yeah like are they, are they engaged in the process so i think if they're engaged in the process um and they're an active participant and we talk about this a lot like in, in various facets of education the best tutors are engaging but they're not like just performing for like a passive audience they're, they're getting the kid to like engage with them and get interested um, and what you ultimately want from a tutor is to help your child feel confidence about a subject and be into it. They would be like, oh, maybe I don't hate math that much. Maybe like, I wish I had a writing tutor. Maybe I would have liked writing like 15 years earlier than, than like as a 30 year old adult. Um, I think that's probably the best way to evaluate. And if you're talking about like SAT prep and things like that, like, yeah, of course you want to see the scores go up, but, but man, it's tough because, you know, if your kid isn't practicing, no matter how good your tutor is. It's it's not gonna help. Uh, so so to like summarize it, if the tutor is getting your child to meaningfully engage in the educational process, that's I think as best as you can get for it's working. And and I think 
talk to your kid and also listen a little bit. Like, don't, not, not like, just like, just a little bit. Like, oh, is he like participating or is it just a tutor mostly like doing a presentation? Like you, you can have YouTube for a presentation. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's really great. I, 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 I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think I think that's good. And you know, when I when we're looking at hiring tutors, that's one of the things that we look for in them as well is are they are they engaging without being overbearing? Are they, you know, giving the right amount of feedback, asking asking a nice array of questions, drawing the student out but also not like leaving them out to dry? Like are they giving them answers when they need them and teach giving them a fish and teaching them to fish as I like to call it. You can do both. Uh, I think that that's a really, that's an interesting thing. But I, I do think that one of the metrics for like, is, is this a good arrangement is like, if your student likes their tutor, that's, you know, and that's, and the thing is kids are smart and they're not going to perform that. I don't think I, I have yet to meet a kid who would like perform liking a tutor that they really didn't like. They would be quite honest about like, no, like I really don't, I don't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. I think tutoring, I mentioned this before and it may sound weird, but tutoring is a lot like therapy. And for anyone who knows much about therapy, it's ultimately like the relationship that heals you and you have to have a good relationship with your therapist. And it's the same with, with, you know, let's say you're doing math tutoring and your kid is in fifth grade and like two years ago, like he had the worst math teacher and he's just like scared of math. Like I'm bad at this. Like that is like much more emotion, an emotional perception issue than like, oh, I don't know, like five plus nine. Like it's not really an issue of intelligence almost ever. I worked with a lot of kids and so rare is it that someone has a genuine uh, learning issue where they're trying real hard and they feel good about it, but they just can't do it. I mean, like it, it, that does happen and it's real, but, but 95% of the time, um, they have a bad relationship with the subject. So they have to have a good relationship with the tutor who has a good relationship with that subject kind of like, like, oh, I like Nathaniel, Nathaniel likes math. And so, hey, maybe math is kind of cool. Like, and, and eventually that, that is what happens. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. It's, um, it's, it can be a, ch a challenging thing to navigate and it's, it's really tough. I mean, if, if anybody has any questions about that, we are happy to answer, answer them in, in more depth on other podcasts. If you want to send us specific questions about this particular topic, cause I know it's, um, it can be challenging and there are lots of sort of specific incarnations of this question. Uh, but yeah, anything else you wanted to add, Alex? Uh, no, I think, well, Maybe I want to add that, like, me personally, I had quite a prejudice against Zoom tutoring when it started. I was like, what is this nonsense? Um, and I see other people do as well. And and I think there is, like, a good reason to have hesitation when you're doing something completely new that's essentially, like, never been done. Like, people have never learned from other people through screens before, ever. Like, it's always been, in, you know, like, we see each other face-to-face, -face, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, you're, you're an apprentice somewhere, or you're in a classroom where you can see your teacher and your teacher can, like, see you. Uh, so like as, as I've like gotten more experience and I guess, you know, I've gotten older, I, I become more and more like cautious of new things that are untested, but I do see that there are some benefits of zoom of, of, uh, virtual tutoring that, that are real, that, that you just can't, you know, you can't get them with online with in-person tutoring. So, so have an open mind, but, but not too open that people throw garbage in as someone used to say. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have really appreciated that it lets my families be more flexible also because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a recurring session with a student that's the same time every week and, you know, she'll be in a different place every time because her family wanted to go on vacation that weekend or something, but they also wanted to keep their session. So she does one hour 
of work with me to help get her homework done while she's on vacation. And the family really finds that helpful. And if I had to tag along or be there in person, she wouldn't she wouldn't have access to that. She wouldn't be able to do it. And so that that type of thing has been has been really helpful. I, I do believe that the older the student, the easier it is. And, you know, uh, adults are all capable of having me. Don't we know it? Having meetings on Zoom now. We've all done it quite a bit. Um, and so, you know, when, if you have that technical skill and are comfortable, like, doing it. And and all, honestly, all of my high school students are better at Zoom than, like, I or any, any Google Classroom, any type of online platform than most adults are, I think. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they spent a couple years exclusively on it for all of school. And so they're they're quite used to it now. And so I don't I don't think it will go away. I think it's now presented itself as a viable option for people that want to do it. And of course, the in-person option still exists and is becoming more possible as you know, we're able to see each other in person again. But I, I do think that that online tutoring has really taken off and will stay that way and is a good option for people who need it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, we would love to hear them. There's an email address in the show notes. If there's anything you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, please send those ideas to us as well as we want to provide information that you'll find useful. That's our whole goal. Also, if you found value in what you heard today, if you could share it with people you think would also value it and or leave us a review, that would be so great. That would mean a lot to us because it helps us reach more people and get this information out there. Thank you all so much and we'll see you next time.